Good morning. Happy Thursday. A Tyrant Thursday, a Travis Thursday, a Tommy Townsend Thursday. <laughs> a good God, I hope you got your haircut in a safe place Thursday. This is the Run It Back Show, 610 Sports Radio, 5 a.m. So you know it's myself, Dusty Likens, and this handsome gent, Mr. Pete Sweeney. Mr. Pete Sweeney, how are you this morning? Good morning, Dusty. It's a good day to be in Kansas City and great day to be a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. We are now within three days of Super Bowl 55, trying to complete the Run It Back Tour. You can feel it. We're getting closer. Got our first injury report yesterday. Yeah, anybody on there that uh, surprised you? <laughs> no, yeah. no surprises. We'll get into that in a second. Today's actually the final day of what will be Chiefs media availability. And so after today, unlike regular weeks where maybe you would speak with them on, on Friday, no dice. It is dark after today, later this afternoon, when you'll hear from some Chiefs. I believe it's at 1.30 p.m. You'll, you'll be able to hear some right here on 610 Sports Radio. But after today, eyes on the prize. It's Lombardi or bust, baby. Yeah, um, which is where I think the Kansas City Chiefs will be for the next, what? How long is Patrick Mahomes' career? The next 10 to Well, he said years? he wants to follow the Brady diet and the Brady plan and play till he's 45, so. Lots of plastic surgery. Right now he's 25. Uh, that would be... What, 20, what is 2021 plus 20? 2041, I'll be a ripe 52. Mm. So hopefully I still got my hair, and it's it's still dark colored. Well, well that's, that's doubtful, though. You know, Pete, it's Thursday, so everybody's probably a little bit more anxious than they were um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Jay Southland Toast Service text line's open to you if you're awake. What are you ready for when it comes to the Super Bowl? Unfortunately, with this first text, you should have Cody, the rap god, or like semi-god, make you a new intro for the show. <laughs> um, so our our job is to get you ready for the day, not make you want to drive your car off the road. That's right. There you go. Okay. Well, all right. It's all fun and games. <laughs> Until Cody starts rapping. Um, everything to me with the Chiefs this year was a lot of fun during the game. Um, there wasn't a lot of, I just feel like there was a lot of national people or there was a lot of local people mm-hmm. that all year kind of missed the boat, not to take a song from Modest Mouse, but they missed the boat when it came to kind of like what was happening with the Chiefs. And the Chiefs last year kind of gave us a, a glimpse of it, but I don't think that we as uh People in the media kind of saw it as well as it was. And I know there's a guy that used to work at this station, Nick Wright, who's kind of briefly talked about this subject but did it in a different way. So, again, this isn't stolen content. This is just more added to it. And I was thinking about this on the way in today, Pete, because yeah. it's early, you get a cup of coffee, and you start to kind of, well, at least I do, I start to kind of talk to myself about, okay, how are we going to do this show? How are we going to get Kansas City the get, best Get the wheels turning. Yeah. Yeah. How to get the Kansas Cityans the best possible so. start to their day, other than our sexy voices. Right. And I thought to myself, I said, man, last year, what did everybody, like, kind of coin the Chiefs, the comeback kids? I watched it uh, the Super Bowl two nights ago. I was telling you about this on the show, and, and Joe Buck is just really just pounding that narrative in. 
You know, they're the comeback kids. They were down by this, and they Card- came back. Cardiac Chiefs. They came back from this. They came back from this, and we got lost in what was the comebacks, which not saying that that's something that's bad to get lost in, but when you think about what it was last year, the Houston Texans game, they they, they scored so many times, they ran out of fireworks, and they came back. Tennessee, they're down 10 nothing. they came back. San Fran, they're down 20 to 10, and within six minutes and 27 seconds, they came back. There's more to it than just that. And what that is, is that against Houston, yes, they came back, but they went on a 51 to 7 run. When they played the Titans, they went on a 28 to 14 run to finish the game. That's double the score, by the way. It's good math. Against the Niners, they went on a 21 to 0 run in six minutes. That's just that season of the Chiefs going on that run. This year, in the playoffs again, we're seeing it again. But it's more solidified and more like controlled. Against the Cleveland Browns, they start the game on a 19-3 run. Hmm. Against Buffalo, down 9 nothing. not really a comeback because it's so early. 38-6 run. And against Tampa Bay in week 12, to give this game some relevance, they went on a 20-7 to run to start the first half. It's like the NBA runs. And that's where I think a lot of people compare them to the Golden State Warriors because they do this. And no other team, some teams might do it once, twice a year. The Chiefs have now done it five times in the playoffs in their last five games, one of which in the Super Bowl where they would end up winning the Super Bowl trophy. And I think what's crazy about this is that maybe it's not the final score is a quote-unquote blowout, but when an NFL team spots a double-digit lead on you and it's quick to give what we talked about yesterday with the prize fight, the Chiefs come out and at some point in the game, they hit you in the freaking mouth and you're not the same. They wobble you, they put you off your feet, and all of a sudden you look at the scoreboard and you're like, how did they, did you, did you know that they just had, did you know, you know, the John Travolta gif where he's from Pulp Fiction and he's pointing, right? That's exactly how teams react. And you don't see this every day or year or decades in the NFL, like with the Patriots and what they would do when they would go on their championship dynasty. It was just, Oh, Tom Brady has the ball left with a hunt with about a minute, 10 left. He's going to get him down to the 30 yard line, kick a field goal. And it's over. You just knew it. If Tom Brady had the ball, they were going to get in field goal range and they were going to kick a field goal and just rip your heart out that way. With the Chiefs, like all year, teams were just, or national people and local people would say, well, they don't blow anybody out. Are we concerned? Is it this or that? It's like, pump the brakes and look at what they're doing. Like against Cleveland, do you think they win that game if they don't get out to a 19 to 3 run, honestly? Because when Chad Henney came in, everybody was like, man, if we didn't get out to that early lead, we didn't have Mahomes. We might have been screwed. And then you think about Buffalo, they're up 9-0, and then all of a sudden Buffalo loses their composure because of how quickly they're out of it. And even in the first meeting against Buffalo, they kind of did the same thing. It wasn't a blowout, but the Chiefs almost hit the Nas in the car, get so far out ahead that they can just put it in idle and cruise that they don't have to blow you out because they blew you out for about seven minutes of the game to where you cannot recover. Yeah, it's not like this year's version of Kansas basketball, but it almost is like Kansas basketball that we're used to seeing where 
Yeah. Sometimes they're at a deficit earlier in the game, and you just know they're going to come back again, not this year's version. And I think about yeah, that. Yeah, we got it. It's not this year's version. Certainly not thank this you. year's version. This is a different version yeah, of Kansas Why don't you go baseball. watch 2003 all over again? No, thank you. Um, no, you won a championship. McDermott, McDermott, to me, got lost in that a little bit. Reminded me of like that, what do they call that when you, when you that, that spinny thing where you get. An infinity? Like an infinity circle. Like he got lost in the fact that they had a 9 nothing lead. And the problem when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs is you can't buy into those early points and those early leads because I think he might have saw that and he got a little conservative in the game and said, you know, we're going to be able to consistently keep up with them this game. And what happened to him is what you just mentioned. You blink and there's a 38-6 run and you had not been aggressive. You had not been going for it on fourth down. You've been trying to kick field goals. And then all of a sudden you decide to get aggressive and it's too late. That run for the Kansas City Chiefs can happen at any time. And I think that's why Patrick Mahomes was annoyed when they were talking about social media last week. And he he kind of joked and, and said, oh, so winning by a certain amount is a stat now, I guess. And it's true because they have these runs and maybe it's a closer game toward the end. But that's because they built the lead from this run. Now, I think there's another side to this. And I mentioned this to you off air before we get on. I'm sure the Chiefs would enjoy a little bit more consistency. But the fact is they're getting consistent wins out of it. And I think other teams need to learn and say, look, this run's going to come eventually. We got to put points on the board. And so, hey, good for the Chiefs. And I think you're right in saying it's just a matter of time of when this thing's going to come. I think the other thing that's important about this is that these type of runs – the coaches, like you say, McDermott might not get involved or see it happen before it's too late. It's almost like watching a boat start to fill up with water, and then by the time you get your pail, you're going, well, we're not going to do this. We're going to capsize, and we're going to sink. I think what it does to the opposing team is two different things. One, like we said, can put you in a shock and awe or kind of give you the wobbly knees to where you're just like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm, I'm sick to my stomach. The other thing I think it does is that it it makes people, and this is where I think it's important against Tampa Bay, is that it makes individuals become something that they're not. Like we joked yesterday at the end of the Run It Back show Wednesday, how you doing, sweetheart? But like at the end of that show, we joked about how Tom Brady thinks that he had a whippersnapper arm and thought that he was kind of like Patrick Mahomes when he was younger, and it's kind of laughable. And the thing that can happen against teams when they go on these runs is that quarterbacks will then, just like anything in life that maybe you've been in where you're like, oh, crap, I got to get going. When you get frantic, you you get out of your rhythm. You get out of your character. And I think this is something other than pressure, which is what we'll get to about Tom Brady, about how you can really affect his style of game. Because, look, I'm human, Pete. You're human. I have an ego. I'll be honest with you. And when I (laughs) see somebody do something that's good, I then want to try to do something better when it's in my profession. So if I see Carrington with a really cool, you know, kind of just out of the nowhere take that actually hits, I go, okay, how can I do that but be better? It's not something that I want to do to just be a jerk towards that and try to just slam dunk it in his face. But for me, when Patrick Mahomes does this type of stuff, when it looks flawless, when it looks easy – Guys forget he's 25. Guys forget he's the talent, most talented quarterback in the league. And when Tom Brady can see this and maybe think, 
okay, I've got to do exactly what he's doing. I've got to, I've got to throw it 30 yards. I've got to throw it. Just think like when you play Madden, if you're video gamers, when you get down like 28 to 14, what do you start doing? You get outside of your playbook. You start throwing interceptions. You get out of your element, and you don't play the game that you were practicing to play. And that's why I think the Chiefs are so dangerous is that they can just put these points up and get people slash quarterbacks, coaches, out of their element. That's why, to me, Pete, it's so important for the Chiefs to always kick off first because then you go out, you run your methodical 10-12 scripted play drive if you have to, you score, and then the Chiefs come out, Blue A, do you hear it get called? Down the field, caught, touchdown, two plays, 70 yards. You're like, son of a, you know what? How did, all right, all right let's go. Let's get out there. Let's, let's go match that. And then all of a sudden, you're three and out. Chiefs get the ball. Chiefs are up 14 to seven. You're like, all right, now we have to score. You go down, you throw an interception to the honey badger. Now all of a sudden, the Chiefs get the ball. They go kick a field goal. And now you're down 17 to seven. You're done. You, th- 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 that's it. And when you spot the Chiefs 10 points, good luck. I agree with you. And I look at Josh Allen on the other side last week, and I just don't think he was ready to be down by that deficit. I feel a little bit better about Tom Brady, but even Brady with a close lead last week seemed to be pressing, and you saw all those interceptions. So for sure, I think when the Chiefs can dictate the game and get out to a multiple-score lead, the other team, no matter what the age, no matter what the experience is in trouble – And I think Chiefs fans would appreciate if that run comes at first in this year's Super Bowl because the Bucs, to me, are the best team that they're going to see in this year's playoffs when it comes to that experience of just being a complete squad. Coming up, we'll figure out what? Yesterday was practice, so that means people had to play. Some people don't play. Some familiar names are there. When we come back, we give you everybody that was there, limited or full, here on the Run It Back Show. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Leggett. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Slant incomplete, covered by Breland. Now it's picked off, picked off off the deflection. It's picked off by Fenton. It was a deflected slant and intercepted. Fenton, who was a star last year on the run to Super Bowl 54 championship, but a terrific play on the slant, and the ball flew up in the air. Breland on the coverage, and it is rolled into the arms of Fenton, and the Chiefs have an interception and a return to near midfield. Huge break, huge turnover. Kansas City's Rashad Fenton with the pick. The voice of Mitch Holt is who you can hear this Sunday starting at 530. The thing I like about that interception, Fenton was only in for a couple plays. Yeah, he gets it done in a small sample size. <laughs> that's kind of what we do here that's, on the Run It Back show, 5 right. to 6 a.m. That, that's a good uh, analogy. Good for you. Speaking of sample size, we've only seen a small sample size of Sammy Watkins this year. Oh, Pete, wow. a popular name. I'm serious. You're really using this sample size. Yeah, well, it's a popular name this year that has, uh, you know, kind of been in, uh, you know, in flux with a calf injury. Let the people know, Pete, you're the guy that covers this team more than anybody else in this city. Uh, what we got to see yesterday from the practice squad. Yeah, we, we got the first official injury report of Super Bowl week going into it. We had one last week. It didn't really matter because there was a whole week to go. But obviously, Eric Fisher and Willie Gay did not practice. I know you're probably wondering, well, why are they still on the injury report? 
well because they haven't made a transaction yet. That'll usually come Friday or Saturday where you'll bring up someone from the practice squad. We'll see how that goes. I know the question is always, is Mitch Schwartz going to play? Unless the Chiefs make him the transaction, which is highly no. <laughs> highly doubtful, the answer is no. Again, I, I think we're still looking towards uh, 2021 for Mitch Schwartz coming back. There were two limited players yesterday during the injury report or in the injury report, and that was Le'Veon Bell as he continues to deal with that knee issue, and then Sammy Watkins, who was limited again with the calf. calf he's been out since week 16 against the Falcons. That's when he suffered that injury. He missed both playoff games when the Chiefs really could have used him. Here was his own personal update on Tuesday. Um, feeling great, um, but I'm still working out with the training staff for Rick um, and just going over everything so I can have a chance and possibly, you know, go out there and feel 100% or 95 or 85, wherever I get at um, by Sunday. But feeling pretty good, very optimistic. Um, but having good practices, so um, hopefully I can go out there and, and have fun and play. I think we can all agree. The Chiefs' offense just ticks better when Watkins is out there. They've won two playoff games. I don't know if they necessarily need him. That comment by him where he starts at saying, I'm working toward 100%, but I, I might, might be 95, might be 85, it gives me doubts on whether he'll be available for this game, Dusty. When you hear that, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at a point, Pete, where I don't want to be a uh, uh, negative Nancy. A downer, a Debbie Downer. Come on, Karen. Uh, I'm just more so at a point where, you know, if he plays, he plays. I don't expect him to play. Right. And my main reason being is that here we are two weeks after the Buffalo game where he was supposedly a game-time decision, was going to try things out, that they were optimistic, all these buzzwords. Look, man, we're three days from the Super Bowl. Sammy Watkins hasn't done anything to prove to me that he's ready to go. And it's not like they're, oh, well, he's – you know, hitting the ground running yeah. looks completely different. So I don't expect to see Sammy Watkins. That's just me personally. Um, it's nothing, you know, I don't, I'm not angry about it, but I just think that when it comes to this game, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be prepping for him to play. I don't think that fans that are following us on this show or follow us everybody on social media, I wouldn't be, I don't know, I wouldn't be on a scale of 95 to 85 to 100%. I right. would just expect him not to be playing because – this just seems like an injury that's just been nagging all year, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Yeah, and so I just don't expect him to play. Only played in 10 games. I believe it was nine starts this year, and you look at last year's playoffs, led the Chiefs in receiving the same thing in the year before. He had a great AFC title game last year. He had that key catch over Richard Sherman in the Super Bowl that helped take the lead for the Chiefs and then a couple plays later. What I found interesting is Watkins had said that he has interest in coming back to Kansas City. And why that was interesting to me was because of the offseason comments that he had with the article with Bleacher Report and kind of saying that he has a desire to be this guy. And later on in that interview on Tuesday, he was talking about maybe potentially getting a third ring. Now, when I hear that, that would have to be a super, super team-friendly deal for 2021. Brett Veach spoke that same day. And here is what he said when it comes to Watkins potentially returning in 2021. Well, I mean, I hope so. I mean, again, I mean, every year is different and unique, but, um, you know, uh, Sammy's done what Sammy's needed to do in, in regards to, you know, we, we brought him here and you saw the postseason he had his, his first year. And, shoot, I think he played with almost a broken foot in that New England game here in, in, at Arrowhead. And, and then what he did last year in, in the playoffs, Tennessee game and the Super Bowl and, 
and hopefully what he's going to do on Sunday, you know, he's, you know, as you've heard, he's trending upward and, um, but Sammy's a, uh, Sammy's a big part of this offense. And, you know, when, when he's healthy, we're better and there's a way we can, you know, make it work again. We'll, we'll certainly try to do that. Um, love having him around and he's, uh, he, he's a, he's a cool person to be around. You learn a lot from him. He has a different approach and a way uh, about him that I find unique and, and, um, kind of captivating at times, but he, he's, uh, he, listen, he's a great player and, you know, we have all known he's had some injuries here and there, but you know, when he's on the field, we're better. And if there's any way we can keep him here, we'll, we'll certainly try to do that. So you hear Brett Veach saying that, and I think what we've learned is when Watkins is healthy and on the field, certainly an asset to this team, but the whole question of whether he's going to be on the field is just so dominant at this point. You wonder, okay, so let's say you go to next year, even before we knew anything about this year, and you say, is Sammy Watkins going to play over or under 12 and a half games? I mean, you're hammering the under. I mean, for each and every year. I mean, this has been going on since 2014. There was only one season in which he played 16 games and started six and started the full season, and that was in Buffalo back in 2014. Every other year, he at least has missed a handful of games. And so I think if he wants to take a team-friendly deal with a, a base that's around what would be like a veteran type of minimum and wants to do this incentive thing where he's essentially paid for the games he plays, then I, I think you consider it. Other than that, it's a wide receiver rich NFL draft based upon what my Arrowhead Pride guys have told me. And I, I feel like there's a, a good, good wide receiver market where you can get somebody for what I think would be a decent price just considering how many guys are out there. So interesting to see how that plays out into the offseason, and, and we wonder still if he will even suit up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Super Bowl 55. He got these shoulders. Have you ever seen Tom Brady's shoulders when he in that pocket? Come <laughs> on, man. Y'all got to pull the film up for this. One. They go, hey, Y'all got to attach the film to this video because his shoulders be crazy sometimes. Like, I don't know. You know Tom Brady, what, 43? 43, I ain't – I ain't, I ain't got nothing against nobody of you know of a forty three year old age range around those age, but man, to be able to move his shoulders like that, um, playing in the league for uh, about 20, 30 some years, for him to be able to move his shoulders like that still is uh, quite amazing. Me and Chris Jones talk about it all the time. I think Chris missed the sack because he like shimmied them shoulders a certain kind of way. I, like Chris like completely missed them, and he was like, man, I don't know how I missed Tom Brady. It's like, it's like nothing against him, but he's not an escape artist. But it's like. Man, he did. He 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 just as good. Honestly, sometimes he just as good as Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson the best. You watch Tom Brady sometimes in that pocket, man. You can't really tell the difference. You can't. Uh, Frank Clark yesterday. I love Frank Clark. Uh, he's the best. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's he's slowly. Uh, not actually. He's very rapidly in the top three favorite Chiefs, maybe of all time for me. Just really? Because, are you kidding me? How he just completely made James Palmer's career last year. That's a joke. James Palmer is a is a very talented field <laughs> you're reporter. Ta- you're journalist. taking some pot shots today. No, I'm just saying, like, I like James Palmer. Friend of our shows, whenever we do him. I'm just saying, sure. I'm serious. I got him on the text. Um, but uh, seriously. Humble break. It is. Um, I just don't tweet about it. Um, sure. But last year when Frank Clark was in the AFC Championship game and then Palmer asking the question, like, there's a lot of people. Who? And he starts talking about MVP Pat. You go to the Super Bowl, he does that. He does the the angel and the confetti and then the mink coat and everything like that. But he's kind of right. Like, Brady isn't mobile. And if you're right. going to beat Tampa Bay and take advantage of him, 
That's everybody says. Get Brady off his spot. If you can get Brady off his spot and you can get him out of that rep where it's just one, two, three, look, fire, that's good. But he is kind of right where he can kind of like move around to where you're coming after him and there's just that quick little move to your right. And it's it's not as dramatic as Dak Prescott doing warm-ups with the hips, but you kind of hear what Frank Clark says. And the other note I take is the Chiefs don't talk smack. The Chiefs give you credit. Like he just compared Brady to Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I know. I know. And I I can understand where the Chiefs are coming from on that. That's that's preached by Andy Reid all the way down. And just going back to the Clark point on Brady and and the pressure, pressuring Brady is how you beat him. And nobody knows that better than Steve Spagnuolo. Listen closely to what he says here. See, I mean, every game is different. I mean, the game has changed a little bit from when we played back there in 07. Uh, the quarterback we're playing is still the same. He's still every <laughs> bit as good. Uh, I just think we've got to be uh, on point with coverage-wise and – see what we can get with our guys out of a four-man rush. I mean, you know, we've we've called upon our D-line to do that in other games. They've done a nice job. The one thing about Tom now, I was just talking, I don't know if you heard it, O.C., on the on other question I had. I just think protection-wise, there's so multiple. It's hard to, you know, overload or do certain things that we used to be able to do uh, way back when. Um, now, maybe you can't get to those now. I think Tom's really good at identifying things and emotions, and he gathers all that information, and then – you know, he spits it out and puts them in the right place. So it's going to be man on man. It's going to be if we can have, you know, out of our 11 versus their 11, can we have more guys on point every play than they do? And if we do that, we got a good chance of being successful. If it's the other way around, then it'll be a it'll be a tougher day. Now I'm smart enough to know that Steve Spagnuolo is not going to walk up to the podium and give the game plan. And I don't think his words necessarily mean that the Chiefs aren't going to be blitzing. I think you're going to see some blitzes on occasion against Tom Brady to get him off kilter and, and so on and so forth. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of the game where there is just this four-man front. And when you're only going to be rushing four, Frank Clark becomes so important. Like We joke about him comparing Brady to Deshaun Watson and his shoulders and working in the pocket. I'm not worried about Chris Jones showing up. I think Chris Jones is going to have a nice game. I even think Alex Okafor, he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he was injured this year. He really wanted to be out on the field. It's a contract year and because of his injuries became a contract game for Alex Okafor so I think he's under talked about but for me a key to this defensive line especially if the emphasis is going to be on getting pressure with four what's Frank Clark gonna do it's funny to hear him but he's going to be such a key I think for setting the tone for the entire defense along with Chris Jones he did it last year in the playoffs I don't see why he can't do it again this year and he's again Playoff shark, man. He just gets it done, knows how to do it. There's so. a lot of playoff versions of these Kansas City Chiefs. There is. Playoff Sammy, playoff Damian, playoff Frank. Divisional Dan. <laughs> One game a year. That's right. Big time bucket. Taps into that Madden boost. That's right. Well, there was a Division Madden run. boost last year because of one certain play. I know you probably already know what it is, but we come back. We give you the remember when and something that changed the legacy of a team. Last year in the Super Bowl. This is the Run It Back Show. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Like at 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Two teams have come back from 10-point deficits in the fourth quarter to win a Super Bowl. And that's where we stand right now. I like this. This is what I like. If you gave us 
that inch of room uh, to gain momentum, man, we were going to take it. 7-17 to go in Super Bowl 54. Mahomes gunning it. Right side and a diving catch made. Tyreek Hill at the 48-yard line of San Francisco. We had thrown the ball, and I thought we, I didn't know if it was going to or not. An official review gave Patrick Mahomes and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy a chance to discuss a potential next play. We had time to run walk. The last few drives we had talked about running walks. We thought it was going to be a good play. It was going to be open. The first down or no? After reviewing the play, the ball hit the ground. It's an incomplete pass. It'll be third and 15. Then Trey Wright, three-jet chip. Walls, wide funnel. Then Trey, you get open. Both of y'all get open. It's such a long developing play. With that pass rush, we're going to have to have a great protection. Shotgun snap, drops back five, got the block. They come on the side, he winds up, he throws a long pass. Wide open hill. Catches the ball the 22 of San Francisco. 44 yard completion. That was a miracle throw. The first giant chunk of the game. And Mahomes guns it for 44 yards. You don't have too many plays for third and 15 in the playbook, but uh, luckily enough, uh, we had one. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right, Pete? Last year's, uh, this year's remember when, uh, obviously that courtesy of NFL Network on there with yeah, all the films, interviews. Yeah. And uh, I think we underestimate how cool it is that the way Patrick Mahomes says wasp. He just says wasp. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I never knew that's how he said wasp. I just... I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was it's uh, that Tyler it. Texas twang, man. Hey, man, you got. Yeah, he wants to run a wasp, but I think that is where uh, we start this segment off here this morning on a Thursday edition uh, of the Run It Back Show here on Six Ten Sports Radio. Remember, tomorrow the biggest Red Friday uh, of the year as we get you pumped up, ready to go for the, the 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 big game in Tampa Bay. But Pete, I think that play in general, I'm not sure where you rank chiefs plays in the mix of a dynasty, but that's top three. I mean, I think when you look at significances throughout the seasons, I think that the fourth and nine play against the Ravens is probably in the top three, the run by Patrick Mahomes against Tennessee and wasp. You can shuffle those around however you'd like, but to me, I'd have to say those are probably your three biggest plays when it comes to the dynasty thus far. Um, with the Chiefs and 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 the text line, the Jays Southland Toe Service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Chime in if you think I'm wrong about the three biggest plays so far. But the way that that play changed that game, as you remember, there was a play before that where they threw the ball to Tyree Kill and it was a little short and he had to kind of come forward and he trapped it and they challenged it. Right. By they, I mean the Niners. And then you make the great point that a lot of people forget that during that challenge, Mahomes like ran over to the sideline, got with Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, not quite good enough to be a head coach, not my opinion, apparently the NFL's. And there go, he wants to run wasp. Do they have time? And then you hear the dialogue there in that, in that audio clip that it's a long developing play. Well, during a long developing situation, the Niners basically gave the Chiefs the keys to the car because they gave Patrick Mahomes a free timeout where – 11-yard gain for a first down that got turned around, then became a 44-yard play to Tyree Kill, the biggest play of the night. As you hear Mitch Holtis say, the biggest chunk play of the night, 44 yards. 
Then that leads to the Travis Kelsey touchdown slash the pass interference call in the end zone. History's written. Chiefs win Super Bowl. Wasp then becomes a T-shirt, becomes a a coinage <laughs> by tons of fans, becomes like a, a sticker on a thermos cup, and then becomes a play in Madden. That's how big that play became. So you rank them, you remember them. Jet Chip Wasp, man, is one of the biggest plays in Chiefs history. I think you're probably right. 65 toss power trap to me is right up there, you know, because you got to talk about that first Super Bowl. I I remember Wasman. You make a good point uh, about the review, and I've talked about this a lot before. Where that review might have saved the entire season in a sense because it allowed Patrick Mahomes to have a conversation with his offensive coordinator, who was speaking, look like to the offensive staff and Andy Reid, and saying. The Wasp play, should we run it? Do we have time? And they had just enough time to get it in the hands of Tyree Kill. And it goes back to our earlier point in the show, too, Dusty, about runs, because that is what set off the run. And I think that's what the Chiefs offense has been these past two years. It's this ticking time bomb. And you've seen, like, these cartoons on Saturday morning where there's, like, that long, long, long rope. Which play in a game is going to set that spark for that to slowly, slowly get to the bomb and then go off. And that was to the tune of what? It was 2010 at the time. They ended up scoring 31 points in six and a half minutes stemming from that wasp play. And I wonder, Dusty, what is going to be this year's wasp play? Are you okay with this? We'll start with Miss Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Coach. Great to see you. Yeah, good seeing you. You know, last year you dazzled us with some special plays in the Super Bowl that we had not seen at all. I just wonder, are there things you've been saving for the big game this time around um, that no one's ever seen, but your team has been working on all year? We don't We don't have any special plays in. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, am I just talking to you, Karen? I mean, come on now. <laughs> um, am I just talking to you, Karen? I mean, come on now. Oh, my am, am I just talking to you, Karen? I mean, come on now. Uh, Andy Reid in his finest uh, when asked about any special plays. I guess Miss Karen Kornacki, who's been doing this, uh, I think, ever since I was uh, just a little, little baby boy, um, gets shut down. So, Pete, finally somebody <laughs> else Reed. somebody else gets struck out asking questions. Andy did not care. He did not am, am I just talking to you, oh, Karen? Man. I mean, come on now. Well, for what it's worth, the entire world is watching these press conferences. And what Karen was alluding to, and, and her good point that she made, to be fair, uh, was we had never seen something like shift to the Rose Bowl right parade in last year's season. And this was something, if, if you talk to Mitch Holtis, they were working on in St. Joseph in training camp. And finally, they found a perfect opportunity to use it. We've seen some wild plays this year, like smoked sausage, uh, catch and release with Eric Fisher, who, who again is on IR. We've seen a whole Ferrari package, some interesting plays with Travis Kelsey, an underhand play. And you got to believe, Andy Andy and Karen aside, that we are going to see a play we have never seen before in Super Bowl 55. Yeah, I mean, it even goes back to the Don Terry Poe days of, what was it, Hungry Pig, right? And that something like that? Chris or? Jones this week, yeah. he, he said that there is a play installed for him on the offensive side, but that he would not give any more information on that. I'm so ready. So I would love that. And I know this is an extended take, but I'm so ready for the chiefs to be so just 
trust in themselves. Almost, I guess I'll say it. Okay, it. here it is. I'm ready for the Chiefs to be so arrogant. Oh, there it is. That they give people the blueprint, like where Chris Jones, like, yeah, there's a play for me. I don't know if we're gonna run it. <laughs> and then Sunday, when they're up like 14 points. All of a sudden, Chris Jones runs the play, and then in post game, he's like, I told you there was a play for me, and we did it, and you saw it. And then all of a sudden, people go back, and it becomes this like CSI type of thing where they're like, They said this in media. Tom Brady would hate and that. And then they, that'd be the best way to kill he would the goat. hate that. Where they're like, The whole time, it's almost like a Kaiser Soze thing if people don't understand that <laughs> reference. Um, Chris, but, Chris Jones, to to oh. his credit, has kind of been Jones Stradamus yeah. these past couple of years. Oh, where that's great. They finish short in the AFC title game. He says they're going to be back, uh, and, and they were. And Super Bowl, right after the game, he says that this is a dynasty. They want to win another one. Right. And I'm standing there. I was in Miami again because this was pre-COVID. What a world that was. Humble brag. And <laughs> a couple of humble brags on this show. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, Chris, you know – like you call him first name. That's cool. Yeah. We're on a first name basis. I go, you know, you're, I didn't say this to him. This was in my head. Okay. Go, you may not even be here, man. Like at the time, right. There was going to be a huge contract dispute and he's oh, yeah. shouting about a dynasty. Maybe he knew a lot more than I did and, and give credit. Of course, where credit's due to Jones Stradamus. We've got a shout to you people coming up next. What you can expect to hear from the guys on Fesco in the morning. A little bit of Cody and Gold in the drive moving forward here on 610 Sports Radio. We are one day away from the biggest Red Friday of the year, and then we are three days away from the biggest game of the year where it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, we're back tomorrow, 5 a.m., as we continue this show here on the Run to Back Show with Pete Sweeney, Dusty Liggins, 610 Sports Radio. Um, Am I just talking to you, Karen? I mean, (laughs) come on now. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs in the shotgun, Edward Tillaire. Started right now, left, Edward Tillaire. Diving right side, touchdown! None touched! He ran it in, a big hole opened up on the right side. Wiley, Ryder, Remmers on there, and the Chiefs have three touchdowns in as many drives to lead 20 to 9. Is it just me and you, Pete? I mean, come on. Right? Back on the Run It Back show here on 610 Sports Radio. Just about finished this morning. So, Pete, the guys from Fesco in the morning, they're next. Yeah. Can you let the people know what they're about to get into? Another great day to keep it locked in 610 Sports Radio. We got Fesco in the morning coming up in a couple minutes. Therese Paler, Yahoo Sports, formerly the Kansas City Star. That's at 8.30 a.m. Former Chief Sean Smith at 9.05 a.m. We'll have some takes from the Tampa side throughout the show. So if you want to get some of that Tampa Bay perspective for some of the fans that they have in Tampa Bay of the Buccaneers, you can do that on Fesco in the morning. Later on today... Cody and Gold, 1.30 p.m., the final Chiefs media availability of the week. Again, that's happening on Thursday. And, of course, keep locked in at ArrowheadPride.com. We'll have your second injury report of the week later today. We'll be talking about it tomorrow right right here again, 5 a.m. on the Run It Back playoff show with myself and you, Dusty. Um, am I just talking to you, Karen? I mean, come on now. <laughs> uh, one day that won't be funny, but that day is not today. That day's never happening. You don't think it's ever happening? No, Andy Reid asking Karen Kornacki if it's just him and her and then saying, come on. Like, everybody gets the wrath of Andy Reid when it comes to media day. That's right.
Oh, man. Well, he's locked in at this point. He's in- Of course. He's been locked in since 4 a.m. I'm sure he listened to this show, and he's probably like, okay, you guys, it's not playing I, that cut. You know, I, I think he really enjoys when the game actual starts. So there's these weeks where there's additional media availability, you know, for an extra week. And I, I think he's to the point where he's in play design mode. He's ready to come up with his first 15, his famous first 15 plays for the script of this game. He wants to get through, I think, Thursday, and then it's all football, which is what he likes. He loves the football, and he loves teaching and coaching the players. And so sometimes you get those great moments when he's had about enough. Per Adam Schefter yesterday, this is kind of the news that it's one of these weird things, like, if there was one thing that was going to give the Chiefs a disadvantage, this was something that luckily got nipped in the bud early, but there were over 20 Chiefs players and staffers, including quarterback Patrick Mahomes, scheduled for Sunday to get their hair cut mm. with a barber who tested positive for COVID per sources. The Chiefs acted wisely and aggressively and pulled the barber mid-cut. Once his test results came in, continued to it, um, Daniel Kilcore. He got half a haircut and got deemed a close contact. You saw the picture that went completely viral. 41,000 likes on Twitter of Daniel Kilgore saying new profile pick and it's half of his hair bald. Uh, The other half fully uh, still there. Pete, if there was ever going to be a way for the Chiefs to somehow lose a game or (laughs) not get it, it was going to be something fluky with haircuts or, you know, something different. And luckily... Luckily, the Chiefs were able to take this out, get out of the way. And yes, Patrick Mahomes very much likely could have, you know, got his hair cut by this barber and they could have been screwed. Well, you know what they say, Dusty. You look good. You feel good. You play good. That's right. You play good. And the Chiefs, if if you can find them without their helmet, they're usually well-groomed. This is a well-groomed football team. You always see Travis Kelsey with different haircuts. Patrick Mahomes usually keeps it tight. So this is par for the course. I know there were some people out there like, why is a barber coming in? I think they wanted to look good for the Super Bowl. And apparently they were testing this barber. And eventually, I guess, one test came back positive and they had to get him out of there. But poor Kilgore, apparently they did actually finish the haircut. He's just trying to be a backup center just in case Austin Ryder gets hurt. He played a couple games this year. and He's just trying to go to the Super Bowl, man. Uh, same thing with D-Rob. And D-Rob went right to his Instagram and said that I've been being tested negatively. And so as long as these guys continue to test negatively, they can hop on that plane on Saturday to Tampa and go play in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, plenty of lighthearted takes and Kilgore having some fun with it on social media uh, yesterday. I think it's interesting because people can say what they want. You know, I'm sure that that there's a couple people that are armchair quarterbacks where Demarcus Robinson has, right. you know, really turned you uh, turned you off in a game or really – kind of made you upset about something and you know whether you like him or not he fits the scheme of this team he fits the personalities of this team right and he's just he's a part of these guys um and their offense and it may not be on the stat sheet where it's you know seven for 95 and a touchdown but all it takes for demarcus robinson on this team is those two catches for like 28 yards in certain situations so whether or not he's not a big-time big guy on this team, he's a guy that actually makes this team flow the way they like to do it, Pete. Yeah, he's always due for two or three targets. Sometimes you'll get a drop, so hopefully he comes through on those limited chances on Sunday for the Chiefs. Well, Pete, we got one more big one for everybody here in Kansas City. It's been fun uh, getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and getting up here with you about 4 a.m., but tomorrow... <laughs> 
It's the biggest Red Friday in the entire city as they get you ready for the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Bucks, Chiefs, Mahomes, Brady, Gronk, Kelsey, Tommy Townsend. I don't know who their punter is. I don't give a rip. Scotty Miller, Tyreek Hill. Fesco in the morning comes up next. Fesco, Kling, Kramer, Therese Paler at 830. Stay tuned. Locked in on 610 Sports Radio. Take care, Kansas City. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Looking to clean up before the big game this week?